It is my absolute pleasure to award the 2022 Com Medal to Charlie Cano from the Carnival Club. P. Cripps. Three votes. And I declare the winner of the 2022 Brownlow Medal, Patrick Cripps of the Carnival Football Club. Welcome to the Blue Pod. It's a good week to be here recapping the victory over the reigning Premier's Geelong. I'm your host, Tess Hampton, joined as always by my co-host, Matt Duffy. Maddie, a bit late to the recording, but it's good to be here and chatting with you about a great win. It is. Eh? Better late than never. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're going to dive in in a moment, but we just want to mention at the outset that um, we're aware that our audio quality, which we pride ourselves on at the Blue Pod, <laughs> has been a little bit uh, subpar to start the season. Uh, if you've missed the first couple episodes, um, we'll explain why. And if you've caught them, you might be able to guess. But with the new additions to our families, uh, leaving home to record together is not as easy as it once was. So we're, we're resorting to remote recording while the babies sleep. Um, and we haven't quite nailed it down, but we're hoping we've got a bit closer this week. Although, Maddie, you have a shout out. If anyone knows how to... Uh, enhance the quality of a roadcaster remotely. <laughs> yeah, so we've got <laughs> the roadcaster. We're doing it over Zoom. Tessa's got a mic, but we just can't seem to get Tessa's end as good as we want it. So if anyone has any tips, shoot them through. Let us know. In the meantime, we'll do our research and we'll try up the audio quality for you next week. But the quality of the analysis will not drop. That's what matters. Maddie, we're doing our four-quarter performance as always here on the Blue Pod. We break it down into four quarters. In the first quarter, we give our reactions to the game in a general overview. In the second quarter, we talk about the players and cast our votes for the Blue Pod BNF. In the third quarter, we talk about things from the coach's box perspective. And in the fourth quarter, we dive into our mailbag. Maddie, let's dive right in. All right, first quarter, uh, let's recap the victory over the reigning premiers. I didn't know if I'd be saying that, to be honest, Maddie, last week, but it sounds good, doesn't it? Definitely has a good ring to it. Nice to knock off one of the top teams early in the season. Yeah, absolutely. So Carlton, 13-12-90, defeated Geelong, 12-10-82. Goals, a bag of five to Charlie Kerno. Always popped up with three, Motlop, McKay, Fisher, Durden, and Ed Kerno with one apiece. Uh, disposal, Saad leading the way on 29, Cripps on 27. Akers and Kerno, Ed Kerno, 26, Kennedy, 26 as well, and Chera with 25. Maddie, we went to the footy together, and I can't really remember a game recently as enjoyable as that one. What do you think? I'd struggle to think of one, maybe round one when we finally beat Richmond. Oh, but that was great, yeah. It was an awesome first game of the season to be at. Uh, great crowd, good game. Oh, just walked yeah. away so happy with the experience. and Yeah, it was awesome, awesome uh, night at the G. It sure was. It was one of those games where on the siren, everyone in the members area we were, were high-fiving, we may have hugged. <laughs> it was just a joyous occasion. It felt like a really big win though, didn't it? After the way we finished last year and all the media beat up about close losses and not finishing against Richmond and the you know the PTSD setting in a bit when Geelong came at us in that fourth quarter and tension rose in the stand, to steady the ship, to win and to take a huge scalp. It felt like a big victory. felt like a massive victory. And everyone, you could tell that the whole crowd was nervous about losing another close one. Yeah. So I can only imagine what it must have felt like to be one of the players with the with the pressure on you. And oh, yeah. I don't know, what would you prefer, the, the kick away and win by eight goals or the way it panned out with them getting the well, – with us getting the win with them coming back? It kind of – I think they said this in Boss's presser. It kind of had to be the latter, didn't it? It was just – it was always going to be. Um I would have been fine with my nerves with a kick away and win. I would have happily <laughs> sat back and soaked that in. 
But the close victory I think is probably really good for the boys' mentality after so much being made of us not holding on in close games. We've shown we can do it and we did do it now. So, look, I'll take the win as it came, but I certainly wouldn't have complained if we'd kicked away that Nate goalie. That would have been a great night out too. Yeah, we could have too. We had our chances. Yeah, we did. It's funny. Um, it was a it was a weird game. It kind of it felt like we started kind of on top in that first quarter, and Rowan got that goal, uh, kind of against the momentum. Um, but it wasn't really until the third quarter that we really dominated and started to get it on our terms. What did you make of it? It took a while for us to get the reward on the the scoreboard, and we were definitely on top early. And, and you're right, just we could couldn't uh, get away from them. But that third quarter, we made a comment earlier on the game to each other how we just hadn't had a quarter where we just everything clicked and just a heavy yeah. scoring quarter. And it was nice to finally have one of those and be able to put the foot down and get a bit of a gap out on on Geelong, who it felt like we were the better team on the night, though, for sure. It did, but they didn't go away. That was the thing. Every time we started kicking away and, you know, we were starting to feel a bit comfortable, they responded, Jeremy Cameron, Jeremy bloody Cameron. He's a very good player. Oh, and he couldn't have played any better. Yeah, I saw some vision today where they were just highlighting what a great game he had. But even his work to get back in defence, he probably saved a couple goals. There was a couple of times where he ran all the way back in defence and actually managed to pick up a a little sauce for his times who would have been the spare man and managed to thwart a goal. So incredible work rate. You don't see uh, our forwards probably getting – like they were back in the goal no. square, one of them, and on the 50 line. So, yeah, he was he was immense and I think Geelong are probably pretty lucky. Otherwise it could have got, got ugly maybe. I was going to say if it wasn't for him, uh, it could have looked very different. Um, but thankfully it was a bit of a hit out, wasn't it, with Cameron at one end and Charlie Kerno at the other. It was. It was a true Battle shootout. Battle the two big forwards. I, I, yeah. Lucky because there was a lot of hype over all the Coleman medalists on the ground. Would have been a bit of a fizzle if uh, no one of none of the big guys had managed to kick a bag. So having a shootout was a bit of fun between the two two ends. A much more enjoyable game to watch for that shootout style as well compared to the draw the week prior where it was a bit of a grind. That was not only because we won but because of the game style. I much preferred how we played. It was very exciting to watch, particularly when we, we managed to finish it off. But compared to the kind of you know, Richmond style of the week prior or lockdown on Richmond style. It was it was exciting to see us taking it on a lot more. Oh, it's the style you wish we had played last week. It looked more like our natural way of playing football rather than this strange uh, hold the ball defensive worried about the opposition game. It was nice to see us back ourselves and I hope that's more of what we see, that, that style versus Geelong. I think that's what we'll see going forward for the rest of the year, at least I hope so anyway. Me too. So in that fourth quarter, I mean, uh, all the game more broadly, but particularly that fourth quarter, were there any moments that kind of stood out to you as uh, gave you a bit of a scare or when you thought, you know, finally we'd lock the game away? Obviously there was a Lewis Young mark right at the end that kind of everyone breathed a huge sigh of relief because <laughs> it was going in towards Jeremy Cameron. I was barely able to watch. Great to see Young, you just clunk it and, and put an end to the game there. That was massive. Harry's grabs as well. He tends to do that in the games, Harry, doesn't he? He's good for a couple of big marks at the end of a game. Yeah, he was huge. Even though he didn't kick a bag like Charlie, he was really important with those marks on the wings at the end there. Uh, big shout-out, um, I think, to Owies as well. Was it Owies who kicked the goal in the last quarter? I'm pretty yes, sure it was Owies. exactly. Yeah. And you and I have had knocks on Owies not kicking goals when he needs to, just not finishing his work. So at a really crucial time, he finished his work, which was so good to see. Yeah, he had the yips for a little while last year, but he seems to have shaken that. and It was good to see him convert. Uh, yeah, and I thought Gov's big tackle on Cameron in the fourth quarter as well, McGovern. Yeah, McGovern huge. had some massive moments. He had that one where 
Oh, I'm not sure if it was in the last quarter. I think it might have been where like he just cannoned into the pack like when he came flying Yes, back. that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He also kicked it in two Cameron, so he owned the slide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was some good and some bad from Gov uh, on uh, Friday night. Friday night? Thursday night. Thursday night, Thursday, Thursday night footy. Night. We're the new Thursday night footy specialists. We are. Not getting much coverage on the media because I don't know if it's because we're playing Thursday night, but the Sunday footy shows and they're not really giving us much love. You get all the coverage on a Friday of what whatever there is and then you sort of get forgotten about during the weekend, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's any other reactions to the game overall if we should dive into the players, but it, it was very exciting. I mean, they're the reigning premiers. It's quality opposition and it's just nice to know we can do it against a, a really good side. Oh, it was it was a, a great win, and I think we'll talk about some of the more nuance when we get into the coaches' box about some of the things we saw happening in the game. But as a general reaction to the game, it was right up there with one of my favourite games that we've been to recently. Me too. One of my favourite victories, and hopefully the start of what will be one of my favourite seasons as a Carlton supporter. <laughs> All right, let's dive in a bit deeper. I think let's talk about the players because there's lots of moments that I want to talk about, and that's probably a good way to do it. Let's right. get into the second quarter. All right, second quarter, let's break down the players. Let's start how we always do, Maddie. and I think it was a good problem this week. It was kind of hard to pick votes and our boy and, uh, well, lots of contenders for my boy and also hard to find a whipping boy. If you're new to the pod, we start by picking our boy, someone who might not have made our votes but who we got behind and liked what they did, and we also pick our whipping boy, someone who could, you know, just do a little bit of a lift and a G up. So, Maddie, who was your boy this week? Uh, I might throw it to Newman. Uh, in the back line yeah, there, okay. really solid game. Uh, he's just played a classic, dependable Newman game. There were obviously people that played better, but I think he's had a really um, strong start to the season and uh, he's we're a little bit short for a few sort of half backs this year and I think he's just uh, he's just playing, he's playing some good footy and I, I was pretty happy with how he went about it. I think that's a good call. I liked what he did as well, and he's kind of the perfect selection for my boy. That's kind of the epitome of (laughs) what the award is, isn't it? Not someone that was glitzy and stood out, but someone that's just been solid and doing their job really nicely. Won't make the votes, but I think he's a well-earned candidate for your boy this week, Matty. Yeah, I know sometimes people, he's the easy one to drop sometimes, but... He's I like him. got a yeah, he shows a lot of leadership. He often gets the tough jobs. I think he picked up Martin against Richmond and uh yeah, I thought he had a had another good one. He's backed it up again, so that's two in a row. Yeah, good, good choice. Um I had a few options as well, but I'm gonna go with someone who didn't make my votes, uh, and I don't think the stats from what I looked at do their game justice for the impact they had on those around them. And that's Durden. Yeah. Awesome choice. Really, really liked his game. Um, there are a few moments from him, even at the, I think it was the very first goal of the game that, that ended up with Charlie Kerno Motlop kicked it into him. Um, and Durden it was coming down towards where our seats are, and Durden just took that moment to have some composure, oh, didn't blaze away, found Motlop. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he just had a lot of pressure. And I felt like he really lifted the small forwards around him. And um, after last week where you and I were ruining a bit of a lack of spark in the forward line, I don't know if it's just the inclusion of him and, you know, he wasn't necessarily the best small forward out there on the day, but his inclusion seemed to really lift the whole group. Uh, he's he's probably, if you had to pick one, like, to play tomorrow, he's probably our best small forward in terms of what he's delivering now, I think. He plays yeah. that quintessential small forward role of he's hard at the ball, he applies defensive pressure, He's uh, he's quick. He snaps great goals. He does that every- banana goal. He does. Ooh. Yeah, that was that was incredible. And he he wanted it too. He went for it. 
Uh, just sure the, did. Mark Matthew like. <laughs> so excited. You just, uh, it, it's, I don't know, he's just exactly what you want from a from a small forward, which some of the other guys are lacking in some areas. And it's always a good sign for a small forward if you can have a big impact from not necessarily getting many touches. So I think that's a, an awesome yeah. choice. You could definitely feel the difference with him being up there. Yeah, loved him in the side. I thought he was excellent. Um, I found the choice of whipping boy a bit tough this week, so I'm curious to see who you've picked. Who's your whipping boy? Uh, yeah, I, it, it was a really that- tough one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go probably slightly for a different sort of direction this week, and I don't know. Maybe just looking at the stats, they looked good, but I just I didn't like Fisher's game. No, fair choice. Uh, he was in my shortlist, but I picked him last week, so I thought I'd give him a break. I don't know if his stats in front of me, but I think he had like 19 touches and a goal. And normally, if you get that from a high forward, you'd be really happy with it. It sounds good. Yeah, and to get nine touches was actually a pretty good effort because early on the ball was stuck on the opposite wing to him, and he was just nowhere near it for a fair amount of time. So he did manage to find it. But there were just a few times during the game where I felt like he was playing for touches or especially that goal from TDK. And look, yeah, on TV it actually looked really easy. At the ground it looked like it was a bit more dicey, but there was yeah, no need. exactly right. Tom's 30 metres out. I don't know about how chipping it into Directly someone. in front. Yeah, it doesn't take much, like one fumble or a miscalculation and surely you back in your forward to kick a goal from – 35 out directly in front. Totally. Um, and you're right, on TV, I watched the replay today and I thought Fisher's game looked complimentary. It's interesting the difference between TV and the ground. It, it looked more flattering on television because he was around it and involved. But at the ground, uh, it just didn't feel like he was having much of an impact with his touches. Yeah. And that goal, you and I were like held our breath when TDK chipped it out to him because the angle was sharper than it looked. And as you say, why on earth wouldn't TDK go back and slot that? Thank God he kicked it. Yeah. And a few times when he called for the ball, he was in great positions to receive it. So while it's definitely better than not getting any touches, I just, I don't know. He's never sort of maybe been one to lay shepherds and stuff, but I'm not sure. I just, I just felt like I'd like to see a bit more selflessness, a bit more, I don't know, team orientated work from, from fish perhaps. And you'll probably go and yeah. get like five touches next week and we'll uh, hang him out to dry for not getting enough of the ball. But just for yeah. being at the game, and it was tough because it was, it was actually a pretty good team effort this week. It was tough to pick someone. It was really tough to pick someone. And I think my choice is controversial. Oh, excellent. Uh, because they did some really good things. <laughs> but I just want them to tidy up the bad things. And in a game where everyone played well, I'm getting picky. And that's McGovern. Oh, Gov. Yeah, I really love him in the team, but there's just the kick to Jeremy Cameron and just missing some basic marks. Just It was just making me nervy when he was near it. He had some amazing moments like that tackle at the end, um, but I just like him to tidy up the edges a little bit. Yeah, I agree. He did have he did the same the week before. He had a few terrible nervous moments. And his hands, what's going on there? One of his assets, just the ball just flying through them a few times. Honestly, honestly, what has gone on there? He, like butterfingers all of a sudden. But I think we know that he could – Definitely tidy those things up. He's normally had really good hands and normally his kicking's pretty pretty good, especially for what a backman can deliver. He's got a really nice kick. So I if he I think if he just tidies up those few rough edges, I think we'll be getting some quality out of McGovern if he can stay on the park. Exactly, exactly. I think I might get some negative feedback for that choice because I think he's an important player for us. But it was hard to pick someone and it's just more of a uh, you have more in you kind of choice this week. Um, because it was hard to pick anyone. Yeah. Um I, it was really hard actually to choose our, our votes. I don't know how you found it, but there were a lot of contributors across the ground. I guess 
We'll just talk briefly about each line. The back line was super solid. Um, I thought Weedering was pretty good. Youngy not as prolific as last week, but that big mark at the end. Uh, what did you make of the back line? I thought it was a great performance. I don't think there was anything you could do to stop, stop uh, Cameron the way he was playing. He sort of no, exactly. reminded me of Fev in his heyday, not so much the 25 yes. touches, but if he caught the ball anywhere within 60 metres, he was kicking a goal. And there were some days, yeah, it. some days it was like that with Fev. If he if he got it anywhere near goal, he was going to uh, slot it. And it was just like that. So I don't think you can really blame anyone too much for what happened there. And I think in general, I think the back no. line was, was pretty good, weren't they? They were well set up and uh, they've been yeah. good all year, really. They've been really solid. Um, I really liked Cowan, seeing him for the first time in person. There mm-hmm. were moments that I hadn't seen on TV. His attack on the ball, he really goes hard. Um, for a, a second-game player, there were some really nice moments from him, which I really enjoyed seeing in person at the G. And he just looks like a classic footballer, Carlton <laughs> player. Like, I like the look of him. <laughs> yeah, no, he looks like a player. And Geelong tried to expose him. Uh, well, it looked like they tried to expose him. They dragged him to the goal square a few times and left him one out in the, in the 50. And yeah. a lot of faith by the Carlton staff. They were happy to let it happen. And I don't think he got his pants pulled down at any stage doing that. So it's great signs no. for such a young kid just early on in his career. Really exciting. Really exciting. Um, and speaking of the back line, I thought one of our, to spoil or alert, give away who <laughs> might be in my votes, one of our best players was playing out of the back line. And that is the freak that is Adam Saad. God, I love him. Yeah, he was awesome. Like, so good. Amazing. He's, Silly. It, yeah, he goes. He's on another level. The and he's got this yeah. new. I mean, he's done it a little bit before, but this dribble kick up to himself that he was persisting with a little bit was pretty fancy. Where he'd sort of toe the ball out in front he's of himself. Fancy's the word. Um, he, <laughs> he just makes the fancy things look look easy and look good. His turner pace is, and there's a lot of very quick players in the AFL, but he has just got another another gear than so yeah. many players, and it shows the times he's able to accelerate away from someone or close the gap on someone and he does it repetitively it's it's uh it's an amazing quality it's 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 an amazing quality i write some notes during the game although i didn't while we were at the game i enjoyed it but during the replay today i jotted down a couple notes and sada just couldn't think of the words so i just wrote so so good (laughs) he's just silly yeah yeah he's just so so good so he was great doc was a bit quieter but it it really didn't matter because sadi was tearing it up off the halfback and doc was still fine but um yeah, not not as good as previous weeks, perhaps from the doc. No, look, it, it was all right, but yeah, not the impact you thought he might have. Uh, but I, you know, I think he's still going to have a great year. It's just you can't always can't yeah. always work it out. He's sort of caught sometimes a bit between that back and mid, and sometimes the ball just falls in the right spot, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, working our way up the ground, the the wings. I thought Blake Akers, welcome to Carlton. A much better game from him this week. What did you make of it? Yeah, much improved. Did you see his little comment uh, on the social media? Yeah. I, heard, I heard the fans tell, one tell after. Tell the boy crew what he said. I think it was I owed the the Blue Faithful blue one. Yeah, Blue Family one after last week. I think he wasn't happy with himself dropping that mark near the end of the game. Nor was I, so. <laughs> Gee, he's good. He's everything you sort of had heard that he was like. He's a big body. He's got really good hands. He takes good marks despite really what he did hands. in round one. He took a lot of big marks in round two. Uh, he's just a he's such a massive improvement on what we had on the wing previously, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Good disposal. Found himself in the right spots at the right time. Super reliable. 
Really liked what we saw from him. And on the other wing, Ollie Hollands, again, uh, I'm a fan. Obviously the big moment everyone's talking about where he ran back and got the fist in against Jeremy Cameron. But you and I saw it. He, he covered so much ground to get there, got that fist in, and then ran up the wing and was involved in the next play. Like you can't ask for much more really. No, he's he's really good. And everyone's making a lot of, uh, making out a lot of his about his running ability. But I think just the combination of having Hollands and Akers both running really hard up and down the wings and having an impact has made a, a real improvement to our side. And he's, he's slowed in yeah. well, Hollands. He's, and he did go uh, to get in front of Cameron when he had to. There was a couple of times earlier in the game where we sort of looked at each other where he he hesitated a little bit, yeah. but he is. He's, yeah, oh. that's right. There was an occasion where he didn't go. He's probably, um, what, 50, 60 kilo dripping wet, that kid, so I don't blame him too much. Yeah. I'd, I'd be pretty nervous myself. But uh, he has got to be like Cade Simpson energy, so you almost expect him to, to do it like he does. but he there need, was a moment where he was a little bit nervy. He needs to sit down with Cade, and Cade needs to teach him a bit about how he can protect himself oh. in the contest bit because Cade was the master of turning his body and and yeah. being, able to, being able to ride out some bumps. But, gee, he looked good and he managed to use the ball a bit better. And it's just even his follow-up efforts. There's times where he's involved in the play yeah. and he keeps running and keeps getting involved. Or if he doesn't manage to lay the tackle or get the ball, he pushes to the next contest and it pays yeah. dividends to him. He, I don't know. how many. Do you know how many touches he ended up with this week? I'll, I'll get it up now, but I completely agree. He manages to get himself involved. Um, and you can really see that at the ground too. His work rate and, I mean... I think Weeders actually made some comments after the match about Hollands and that fist particularly got on camera saying he he doesn't mind playing with that every week. That's exactly the kind of teammate you want to have. Yeah, he had 20 touches, so much better. Like yeah, that's it's amazing. A, it's a good, really good result, especially second game. It was it was sort of what everyone was everyone was really wrapped with his first game. I know we were, but I think we're also really pleased to see him just add those few extra things to his uh, to his game. Those those extra touches, be a bit more damaging, like we we're hoping he might be. Yeah, I'm really, really liking our draft aces this year. Um, let's talk about the middle of the ground. Um, what did you make of the midfields? We were obviously – we haven't even touched on this. Going into the game, feeling a bit concerned that um, Hewitt, who got got votes from us both last week as one of the best players on the ground, in the absence of Walsh, super important, he was a late withdrawal with his hands. So the midfield was depleted and stood up really well. They did. They The one thing they didn't do, which they didn't do very well against the Tigers, we didn't do so well in the centre clearances, but – Besides that, I think in every other facet of the game, I think our midfield was on top and they've surprisingly mm. done really well without Hewitt in there because Hewitt's been so good lately. He's been such a such a uh, key cog in the in the midfield. Yeah. It's, uh, but it was impressive to see how he dealt with it. Uh, and Cripps uh, with uh, Blitzards on him, he struggled with that tag yeah. before, but we managed to shake it. That, that was... Uh, that was good to see him be able to fight through that because there's been a few times recently where he's been just nullified against Blanketed Geelong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I thought general- it was interesting with Cripps's game at the ground. I didn't notice him much, to be honest. Um, I noticed others more. Like Chera seemed to be getting a lot of it at the ground, even though Cripps actually got more that more touches than he did. Um, I noticed Kennedy, but then watching it on TV, you know, you you, you appreciate what he's doing. Cripps was in everything in that third quarter. He was massive, just getting his hands on every ball, getting it out. Um, he actually had a – it's just because Cripps is such a freak, you normally – your eyes drawn to him tearing the game apart, and he's not quite doing that, but he was really, really important and played a really good game upon reflection watching it back. I think it was a, a great game. I think that's the – that is pretty much the standard Cripps game, I think. I think that's what you can bank yeah. on him giving you every week. One thing I'm really pleased about how the team's going so far this year is this time last year – 
he was getting like he should have got more than three Brownlow votes again this time last year. Yeah. He was getting <laughs> like was 35 touches and four <laughs> goals and he was just absolutely unstoppable for the first, I don't know, 10 games or so of the year last year. Yeah, he had that ridiculous run, didn't he? Yeah, whereas it's nice to be able to see him this year play well but he doesn't have the team on his shoulders and we're still getting the results. So uh, yeah. I think he could probably go to another level but he can save it for finals this year. Yeah, great. <laughs> Don't put the moz on us, Maddie. <laughs> um, Kennedy, another player who uh, today watching the replay I noticed a lot more. Um, he had a pretty solid game in the absence of Hewitt as well, obviously a different type of midfielder but but played really nicely. What did you make of his game? Yeah, I was really impressed with Kennedy this week. I thought he had a, a, a really impressive game and, uh, and he did definitely pick up a bit of the load with, with Hewitt not there and uh, we've just got all of a sudden we've got this really sort of reliable um, workman-like midfield with Kennedy and yeah. Hewitt, and uh, we've got some guys. Kerno. Yeah, yeah, Ed Kerno, he did. <laughs> yeah, he's one of them at the moment. He actually had a great game. He played very nicely. He did, but you got a lot of guys who don't necessarily jump out at you. They're not doing sort of flashy yeah. stuff. Um, I guess, I don't know, Sichera is one you sort of notice a bit more, but we've got these other guys who just go in there and get the job done. and Go to work. Go to work, as Vossi's been big on lately, hasn't he? He's he's brought that saying back. That's right, our buzzword from last year. Yeah, he he hasn't gone to work on his press conferences in the off-season, that's for sure, Vossi. No, he certainly hasn't. (laughs) Uh, But, no, it's it's really great and and it would be nice to see Kenny get a full season under his belt. He suffered a few injuries last year, so another one that if he can stay fit and healthy on the park, I think it's massive for us. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And Chera, as you said, he's really um, – you really noticed him at the ground and he really um, got involved and had a pretty solid game as well. So really, really pleasing effort from the midfield. Um, and then I guess to finish out the middle of the ground, the choice to go with two rucks, we had TDK and Pitto both rotating through. What did you make of their games and also the combination of them and Sauce, I suppose? Well, not that he he really had to ruck this week, did he? But, but I guess – the decision to to go with the two. Yeah, they didn't use. It's just got a couple goes in the ruck, but not really. I I thought not the two really, ruckmen yeah. looked better for us. Yeah, uh, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. It just kept the when Sauce is in the ruck, he gives a lot on the ground, but you know you're giving up something. It just feels like you're holding on until you get your ruckman back. Whereas when you got Pito yes, and TDK, that's a good way to put it. yeah, Pito and TDK give you something different, but you still feel like you're on a, on a level playing field at the at the bounces and. Uh, I thought they both. I know had exactly a- what you mean. You're getting either the a really good version of Pito style of rucking or TDK style. It's not just like a stop gap until one of them comes back. Yeah, totally. Like it is with us. Yeah, mm. and uh, and I like the way we sub one out. Um, I, I think that's a, a smart way to go in most games, depending on the the weather conditions and stuff. But. Oh, no, we didn't. We yeah. subbed out Sauce, sorry. We for subbed some out Sauce, so we you... Yeah, we ended up playing them for the full game. Some, for some reason in my mind, I had we subbed Pitto out. But we it would just, have been a good decision. <laughs> we were just thinking that. I remember we were thinking that at the time when we saw um, Lockie running around the ground and Pitto was on the bench for a little bit there. Um, yeah. But, no, it was pretty good. Pitto took a, a few big marks as well, so definitely had an impact. I think if you're going to run the two, you need them to have an impact around the ground. And I think they both managed to uh, have an impact outside of being in the ruck, which is vital to be able to play both of them in the same team. Yeah, I thought TDK had a phenomenal third quarter, really involved yeah. with his follow-up work, his tackling. Gee, he likes to tackle, um, doesn't Some he? nice entries. He does. Uh, unfortunately, in the fourth quarter, I think he um, dropped off a bit and had some less than desirable moments. But the third quarter from him was was really special. I really noticed him and liked what I saw with the follow-up work from him in particular. So Yeah, T- um, TDK has to learn how to better manage the 
mainly the center bounce is what I noticed. The opposing ruckman, and I maybe it's been they've been doing this for a long time and I'd never noticed before, but uh, Geelong would just start as close to him as possible, and as soon as the ball was bounced, they would just body him up so he couldn't jump over the top of him. And yeah, and his leap is obviously one of his strengths, and everyone knows that. So he needs to find a few tricks in his bag uh, to yeah. help deal with that a little bit better. To work around that when when people work him out, I agree. But still, uh, solid games from him. Um, He's building a, a reasonable body of work this season. Um, the forward line, I mean, I have to start with Charlie Kerno. Wow. Oh, he, he just couldn't miss for a while there. It's, it's nice so having a forward who you can rely on, isn't he? It's so nice having a forward you can rely on. There was my favourite goal of the match was <laughs> what quarter was it? Uh, third quarter, I think, where he, um, or maybe it was the second quarter, wheeled around from 50 after getting the pass from Ed Kerno. As he kicks it, uh, Blue Crew, Matty turns to me and goes, he hasn't even looked at the goals. Like, as in, come on, mate, like, look at the goals. Didn't need to look at the goals. Nah. Went straight through the middle of them. He knows where they are. It <laughs> was a low bullet. He loves that kick where he just sort of hooks it round, doesn't he? And he always plays on. Everyone knows it. But, yeah, he didn't. He didn't look. He caught it. He swiveled. He didn't need to. I swear he just had a peek out of the corner of the eye just before he dropped the yeah. ball. But he knew exactly where he was sending it. And, uh, he's yeah, he's just – he's he's so – mercurial like he doesn't get many touches but he kicks a lot of goals it's just he just makes such an impact with the touches he does get yeah he's so dangerous whenever he's near it he is he knows where they are that kick from Cripps into him at the top of the 50 and Cameron was actually defending that and he just took that athletic leap and um took the mark and went back and kicked it and he got our first goal you know sneaking forward and then that one we just talked about from the 50 he kicks them in a range of ways and he really gave us that energy and I think, you know, obviously was a huge reason why we got over the line, but he just gets everyone excited and brings the team along with him. And actually I was going to say that about his brother, Ed Kerner, when Ed kicked a goal, the boys got around him and the boys love Ed. And I don't think you can underestimate the, you know, the morale that brings and the camaraderie. Everyone loved Ed's goal and I feel like it's a bit team lifting. So the Kerner brothers just really, really good for the... <laughs> That's it, exactly. Really good for the feel out on the field, aren't they? They are. No, and they definitely, both of them, I think both of them are characters and bring a lot of energy to the group and That's uh, it. it's important. You know, you don't want – one of the things that Carl were criticised about for years when we're getting all these early draft picks is that we're just recruiting really vanilla uh, safe <laughs> – Personalities. Yeah, safe picks and you're with them like – and they're all good people but uh, sometimes you need a, you know, a bit of everything to, to you know, it's – like a good recipe, you know, you can't just... I think isn't that part of the reason um, Malthouse brought Daisy in for a bit of uh, flavour to the group and the personnel yeah. at that time? Yeah, so I don't... don't know if that worked out and don't know if we want to follow Malthouse's playbook, but I, I think the point stands that, you know, the Kerno brothers bring another dimension and just the the boys love them and it's great. Yeah, I, I love it. I, you know, I like having them in the team and even if Ed doesn't play you know, more than 10 games this season, if he'd be just sort of in the t- in and out of the team when he's required, I think just having him around, I think some, uh, great for the great for the squad. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And to finish off the fall line, we touched on the small forwards, um, obviously Durden. I thought always had one of his better games for the club, kicked three, kicked that really important goal when he needed to, um, set up another, which I think you and I accidentally credited to Durden when we were watching um, they look kind of alike from afar at the ground. <laughs> they did. They both got sort of a similar body shape. Obviously, Dern's a bit smaller, but at the ground with, with a bit of distance, they look very similar. Yeah, yeah. And Motlop, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from him. And I think, like you say, Dern might be our best in this moment, but Motlop probably excites me the most um, on a, as a long-term prospect. I'm liking what I see. So, 
Very exciting. And Harry didn't hit the scoreboard so much, but important in other ways. He did that big chase down tackle that led to a Charlie Kerno goal. He took those marks at the end. So whilst he's not quite hitting the scoreboard and he got some heat in the press last week for that, did you see that in the Herald Sun? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Bit of a burn, but nonetheless, I thought he was, again, really important for us. What did you make of his game? Yeah, I like the way that the forward line's clicking, and I agree. It would be nice if Harry hit the scoreboard, especially with some of his easier chances. But at the end of the day, as long as one of the boys is getting off the chain, I don't mind. I just find our yeah. small forward situation very amusing because they're all just – and it's probably a good thing, but they're all so different. you got – we've talked about Durden, sort of your typical opportunist. Motlop yep. seems to be this team-orientated, working up the ground – it would be nice if he had a bit more of that uh, goal sense that Durden has. So, he's, Well, he does have a sense for claiming a free kick when it's not paid. <laughs> that was the, the whole thing was bizarre. If you watched it back in, I think it's the first or the second quarter, Motlop gets tackled and just decides it's a free, like stands up and starts basically walking back and then the umpire blows the whistle. Yeah. It's the strangest thing. And Tom runs in He's and gives his brother like a whack for, for laying the tackle. <laughs> did, did you realise? Yes, yeah. he does too. Bit of friendly fire with Which, the deconing. The whole thing was weird and it's like everyone just sort of stopped and the umpire was like, oh, it must have been a free if everyone just stopped like that, so paid it. But yeah, that was, yeah, that was anyway, Sorry, Matty, you were saying team-orientated, but, yeah, less just so of different. So you got opportunist. Durden, typical, not many touches, always wants to kick a goal. Motlop seems to be more team orientated working up the ground getting touches but we can't get him to kick a goal and then always yeah. is does all the all the hard work but just the only way he seems to be able to kick goals is from a, from a mark which is super weird for a yes. small forward he never kicks he rarely kicks a goal but unless it's a from a set shot uh, and just, he, he gets targeted as as an, an option for a set shot. Sometimes we're like, of all the targets in the forward line, we do seem to kick it to Oe sometimes. Yeah, it's an odd combo and I'm not convinced about it, but it seems to be working. So we'll see how it plays out during the season. Yeah, I'm not sold on it either, but it clicked for us this week. So that's not so bad. All right, man, should we get into our votes for the Blue Pod BNF? Yeah, let's uh, go for it. So you've caught me unawares. Sorry, Maddie has to switch decks for this Saturday. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, so the Blue Pot BNF, Maddie and I get 10 votes apiece. We have to allocate all 10. Can't give one player more than five. Um, it was tricky this week, Matt, because there were some performances almost worthy of five, but we had to spread them around because there were so many good performances. I found it kind of tricky. I know. I had the same situation where you just can't fit them in. It's, uh, it's, it's, it makes good it hard. Good problem to have. It is a good problem to have. It probably shows what an even performance it was from the whole team. There was a lot of guys you would have liked to have given votes to who just couldn't. It went to show me that last week, obviously, we weren't clicking because last week I really had to scratch my head and think about, oh, who deserves one, whereas the opposite this week. It was it was hard and I had to miss out on some um, people who were deserving. But tell me how you split yours. Who, who got your 10? Uh, oh, I don't think it's going to be too many surprises early on. I gave three votes to Saad and three votes to Charlie for all the reasons we, yeah. we talked about. Saad, immense in the back line, and Charlie, you know, five goals I think Freak. it was in the end. Yeah, just, just – Five. Could have been many more again, but amazing. Yeah, just massive. Uh, I gave two votes to Akers for his oh, yep. huge game on the wing. Uh, combi- really good. I think his marking is probably what bumped him up in the votes a bit, some of those big marks he took along with all the with all his other work. And then yeah. I, I gave a single vote to Kennedy and I uh, gave a single vote to Owies for his, his chiming in for his three goals. Yeah, I think that's a fair allocation, but some, some players are lucky to miss out there, hey? Yeah, I thought Cripps, Weeders, Chera all could have got votes. Um, you know, there's a lot you could have picked out, but um, we'll see. Yeah. What, what did you go with? 
Um, not too dissimilar, but I spread the love a bit more and we'll get the leaderboard up this week. Apologies. I didn't do it last week and we'll see who's leading the pack, but I gave three to Charlie Kerno, um, two to Saad. I originally had the three and three as well, but I decided I wanted to squeeze a few more in there. But as you've just said, for the same reasons, those two were, um, worthy of, uh, additional votes compared to the rest of the pack. So that's five there. And then I've spread I've given five other players a vote apiece because I wanted to give some some mentions. So Akers, Kennedy, Harry, Owies, and Cripps get one each. Yep. No, it's it's yeah, it was it was easy game to give out votes, wasn't it? Well, easy in terms of picking people. It's hard to, to yeah. narrow it down, but yeah. I thought uh Cheryl was unlucky to miss out, and I even thought Ed Kerner was unlucky to miss out. I thought he had a pretty good game as well. He did. Yeah. All right, shall we get into the coach's box and talk about things from that perspective? We're not here to just be part of the group. We're here to be the best, and that's what, as competitors, we'll try and strive for. All right, Maddie, uh, into the... Furiously thump away on your keyboard in the intro. Thanks for that. <laughs> Sending that an urgent message saying, get up the team stats. <laughs> that is your role. I can't even, you see, I can't even see you typing stuff. Yeah, i got the team stats. I'm, I'm organised. Peek I'm ready. behind the curtain. <laughs> this very slick production this week. <laughs> Give us the team stats, Maddie, just to kick off the coach's box. All right. Uh, we destroyed them in disposals and mainly our kicking. So you can see there was definitely a change in... In difference game in game style. style between the two, we had uh, 247 kicks there, 188, which was a massive difference. They actually had more inside 50s, which shows how well our, our defense is is holding up uh, or yeah. co- conversely how good our, our offense is converting when we go f- into our uh, nice forward half. Nice and efficient for once. Uh, we won the hitouts but lost the clearances mainly because we got beat in the center clearances, 8 to 14. So it's a fair, yeah, okay. fair smashing in those center clearances. But in stoppage clearances, we actually won 24 to 21. So I don't know what it is. Maybe something was set up there in the center bounces, but um, it's not working for us at the moment. Everything else then was pretty even. And your favorite stat. Marks. I thought we had a few more marks. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. No, you're all over it. Yeah, 110 to 69. So a bit of, bit of chip and mark as opposed to them. Probably um, with the amount of kicks we had, it's probably related to the, the large amount of marks. The game style, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then uh, we had they out tackled us, but we had so much more of the ball, so that that might explain that. Makes sense, yeah. We only had three bounces this week, so Sadi's put the bounce away for a week. Uh, so that's I was gonna say that's <laughs> see pretty can... unusual when Adam Sides had twenty nine. He's, he's toe poking. Apparently, it. he said to Acres. I was listening to Acres um, on my way home from the ground doing an interview from the rooms with Sen. And they said, oh, Sadi played a great game. And Akers said, did he get 30 touches? He's been going on all week about the fact he's never got 30 touches. And uh, he got 29. So that's unfortunate. Oh, really? Sadi. I didn't know that. That's funny. That's a good start. Yeah. I think he's toe poking yeah. it instead of bouncing it nowadays. Oh, um, uh, yeah, that's right. And tackles in forward 50, which is which is your stat. We had five, they had yeah. nine. So we laid some mm. important ones, though. But we don't, I never felt like we sort of locked it in for long periods of time. But we did sort of manage to hold it in our forward line. But... There you go. So lots Still of kicks and we lost center square um, clearances. So in terms of game style more broadly, actually we'll start with team selection um, to step back. Well, Hewitt went out and there was a bit of hoo-ha with the selection with us not bringing in um, a midfielder, Paddy Dow. I'm going to quote Matt's text to me and expose him here on the blue pod. Um, Paddy dirty. must have his papers stamped is what mm. Matty said to me. Mm. <laughs> um, but you're not wrong, Matty. I don't think that's 
too controversial, really. Um, pretty unlucky of Paddy. He's had a pretty good game in the VFL and didn't even get a look in as an emergency to come in with Hewitt out. He just must be massively on the outer. Yeah, so what was the official change we had in the end? Because Martin was a laid out and they brought Pitto in. Durden was in. Durden came in for... And Pitto. Durden and Pitto for Martin and Hewitt. Yeah, so initially it was Durden for Hewitt and then it was Pitto for Martin, wasn't it? Yeah, so it looks strange bringing in a small forward for a midfielder, but did didn't have to, had to come in, obviously. Yeah, so we sort of were down one. Yeah, I just there's been a lot of times where you think Dow would be the logical next choice in, but they they don't do it. I don't. I look, I you know he, he hasn't necessarily set the world on fire when he's come in, but gee, you think you'd reward someone for having good form in the twos, but. I don't know, if maybe. Walsh and Hewitt are both out and he's getting like, what was it, like 40 disposals or something? So like, well, I don't know if it was quite that. But. He's consistently in the best in the VFL. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the coaches know what they're doing because the selection worked. I thought the team that went out there, I, I didn't mind Martin coming out even though it was due to injury. We both went to impress with his output last week, even though he seems to always get picked when he is fit. Yeah, and the, the, um, the balance seemed good, didn't it? Even with the two rucks, it didn't, yeah. it didn't feel like we were too tall or too small. or It just yeah, it seemed to work out well. Yeah, I think so. Um, so then strategy more broadly, a couple of things I think we noticed at the game and tell me what else you've got on your list is um, going through the corridor a lot more and I'd liked that. That's on a, a, a pro side of the column. Something I wasn't so sure about, but I guess we won. We got the chocolates. It worked. This short chip kick out of defence that we insisted on doing every time they got it behind, that short kick inside 50 straight ahead. Yeah, they you kick- said you could run to that point. <laughs> you can. They sort of they're kicking it to a guy on the 25. It's a it's an interesting one. We did notice it at the game and I've watched a couple other games. I saw a couple other teams doing it. The only thing I can think why you might do it for a little while is to try keep them honest. So if they're going to zone and drop back a bit and crowd a certain area, maybe mm-hmm. by utilizing that short play you're going to try force them to drag a player up out of there, like spread their zone a bit wider maybe. But yeah. it does seem like an odd move to to do it as much as we were looking for it all the time, weren't Every we? time. Yeah. Every time. It was crazy. And obviously that's what resulted in Jeremy um, Cameron getting that goal off McGovern trying to take that short kick Yeah, um, because he didn't execute. But it was, it was a strange one. Um, but what about the taking it on a bit more, the game style more broadly? We both liked it a lot more this week. Um, oh, it looked a lot more. Seemed like we were much more daring. A lot more natural. There was, and there were times where it looked, it worked really well against Richmond with this chip mark and work our way down and very conservative. But the way we, a lot more handball receives and we got in deeper and we got into Harry and Charlie in more traditional spots and it looked a lot more predictable to each other and it just looked mm. more like a natural style of football for our team. Yeah. Yeah. Much more instinctive for, for our team. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, I think the coaches, it was coached, it was a well-coached game. At the end, you called that we saw Charlie get dropped behind the ball when things were tightening up at the end. And um, obviously they played that vision back of the last few minutes of the Richmond game. And I feel like we corrected and finished off the game really nicely, which is probably credit to the coaches drilling that into the team this week as well. Yeah, it looked like they had a lot more of a clear idea of what they were going to do. I still felt like we sort of packed up shop a touch early maybe, but we got that goal from Owies, which was great. Uh, yeah. The Charlie getting back was funny because you were like, Weeders is screaming at them back there. And we're like, yeah, what's, yeah, going what's he screaming What's he so angry yeah. about? And then you saw Charlie eventually jog down from the forward line. You're like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. No wonder Weeders is... Losing his mind. Losing it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, the, it's a very, 
you know, not exactly reinventing the wheel to drop a drop a tool behind the ball to help out. When and the, Charlie, when the game's we all, you said, oh, there goes Charlie behind the ball. Ten seconds later, Charlie marked it behind the ball. So yeah. it had to happen. Yeah, so that worked well. Uh, Cri- good to see we're just screaming like he was. We want our leaders out there taking control in those situations. So um, I'm all for that. Yeah, Weeders is such a good leader. I thought the way Cripps broke his tag by going to Guthrie was it was was clever. Clever. Mm. Um, and having yeah. said that, we used Ed to tag Guthrie. So Ed's getting a few tagging jobs. You don't see too many teams running with a tagger in the team, but while Ed's yeah, in the team, he exactly. seems, to, seems to get a job. He was in there a lot. Yeah, yeah. So there's a few little things going on, which is, which is interesting to keep an eye on. And what about Lockie O'Brien? Is he just going to be our sub every week? Is that the vibe you're getting? It's a bit of a bit of an unfortunate position, isn't it? Yeah, he did play in the VFL on the Friday night, actually. I don't know if he played the whole game, but he was definitely oh, okay. out there playing. So he got a run at least in the twos, uh, which makes me wonder if they might give him a break next week. I don't know. Yeah, he's sort of been doomed to Maybe it, Maybe Sauce is a sub next week, dare I say, after... I know. You made the well, valid point that with the two rucks. Pre-season prediction. Oh yeah, it's looking oh, right. looking good. Oh, no. Good early. I gave it to you, but you might be right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I still feel like Sauce isn't a bad one because I feel like you'd come on and you could almost like throw him in the midfield because he'd be so fresh. But yeah, still, he can fill any position too if we happen to get an injury. Uh, I I like the idea of more of an impact player, like maybe like a Martin, uh, like someone who can come yeah. on and. Um, yeah, just really like use their fresh legs and and uh, yeah, just make a bit more of an bit impact. More exciting. On, yeah, a bit more of an impact on the game. At, you know, in amongst the the ball in in the packs and stuff. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting what happens with Sauce being subbed out. That will uh, that was unexpected, wasn't it? Yeah, we didn't we didn't um, as we as you said earlier, we thought it was Peter. We didn't realize it was Sauce that had received the sub. Um, so in terms of selection next week, we're playing GWS. Uh, I'm a bit nervous, Maddie. This will be an important game for me because the difference for us, normally we struggle to win games we should win. If you look back to last season, for me the biggest disappointment wasn't Melbourne, it wasn't Collingwood, it was losing to Adelaide in the way that we did at the end of last year when we should have won. Yeah. So on paper we should be winning this game, but but what do you think um, about the game, the task ahead and how we'll line up for it? Oh, Definitely on paper we should be winning this game. GWS have got a few young guys. They've rejigged their midfield a little bit, but uh, they're not the the powerhouse they were a few years ago with or with all you know just a stacked midfield anymore. So it's definitely one that we should uh, should be you know comfortably uh, favourites in. I don't know if we'll make too many changes. I don't see too many changes coming no. coming in or out of the team. I think if everyone's fit and firing, it'd only be if maybe we get a uh, who's to come back in a Walsh or. I feel like there's someone else that's borderline. Do you think Walsh is on the verge of returning? Or? He likes to do a sneaky return. I reckon he's closer than people think. There was another one. There's someone so. else who I thought might Hewitt. be coming back. Oh, Hewitt. Yeah, that's Hewitt. probably what I'm thinking of. Hewitt was, I think he's a test on yeah. the injury update today. So he's definitely a chance as well. Uh, yeah, it would be fascinating to see if Hewitt. So who do you, who do you drop? Because Hewitt's coming back in if he's fit, surely. Walsh uh, will too when he's fit. But I think we've got one more week and then we might get a sneaky early return. Or I think... I think the first to to go might be Ed. Um, is probably a logical yeah. logical choice from the midfield, and then gee, yeah. the, the second one gets tough, doesn't it? It is. It's a really tough call. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure where they would go. We've we've done pretty well in making a few guesses Fish. so far. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. he's not actually going to get dropped. I don't think he's. You know, I don't think. He's that close to the edge, but no, even no, though we've been a bit right. frustrated. 
It's a it's a it's a tough one, isn't it? I'm not sure. You're right. Maybe Sauce goes to the bench and uh, as the sub, and and so it might be Sauce and Ed out and Walsh and Hewitt in. But I don't think Walsh will be ready anyway. I think that's a bit of a long shot. I'll just throw it out there for a bit of fun. But uh, yeah, we'll go with we'll Hewitt in and Ed out. Will be my yeah. my prediction, which is a bit rough because Ed had a good game. But I think that's probably um, a fair prediction. And what's your prediction for the Giants match uh, margin victory? I feel like we started to warm up with our, with our kicking boots in the last game. So I feel like a 100-plus score is uh, coming up for us. I thought you were going to say a 100-plus victory, and I was like, that is seriously uh, ambitious. <laughs> I don't know if that's ever happened. I'll go 110 to 70, a pretty comfortable victory. I like it. I hope you're right. I hope we have a comfortable victory too. I'll say um, 30 points, so similar, similar guess. All right, should we dive into the fourth quarter and open our mailbag? All right, fourth quarter, we'll open the mailbag. And if you're following along and you haven't sent in a question yet, what are you, what are you waiting for? Um, follow us at on Instagram at the.bluepod or on Twitter at thebluepod and send your questions in. We do a call out for them after the game each week. And we really love to hear from you guys. Even um, prior to the game, I've been, Maddie and I have been putting out some um, feelers on team selection and other topics. And it's always nice to get your feedback um, also on the pod and what your take of our analysis is. Uh, so give us a follow. I'll start with the Instagram questions, the.bluepod. Um, I'll pick just a few, one that we won't. It's more of a comment. Khan, the we'll keep this PG, effing blues from Harry Carney. <laughs> we agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thomas Varelli says, unbelievable win. Should Jack be a full-time starting sub? He's very versatile and could cover most positions. Sorry, that was a massively delayed effect. Uh, so I also hear it in the end. So busy, so busy uh, diving for the Blues are back. I'll, I'll repeat the question yeah. for the Blue Crew. <laughs> Thomas says, unbelievable win. Should Jack be a full-time starting sub? He's very versatile and can cover up most positions. Are we talking about Sauce, I assume, when he says Jack, yeah, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Martin was exactly versatile. Yeah, no, that's true. But Martin can could, you know, go midfield or forward or probably could skulk around on the halfback. I still think you want a, a, <laughs> a running I – th- I still like the idea of a, a, a quick uh, midfield small forward. So you'd prefer Jack Martin over Jack Silvani as the sub? I think so. The only thing that would – Sauce is really versatile. He is a good sub option because he can play tall or small. So I don't think it's bad, but – you know, if a game's close and you need someone to come on and maybe snare you a goal or something, I just feel like... Give the opposition a bit of a headache. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough one. Jack Silvani probably doesn't worry you when he comes on, but he's versatile, like uh, Thomas has said, to cover positions. So, yeah, yeah no, that's an interesting one. Um, on the topic of the sub, Phil Murph says, O'Brien, why are we persisting with him? I think he's good depth now, and that's, you know, that's what good teams are all about this day. He's, these days, he's... He, not necessarily setting the world on fire, but he's a good runner. He hasn't really had a chance. He's played two quarters the whole year. So. Yeah, it's hard to work your way into a game. But he's a, he's a good runner and he has decent skills. And, uh, yeah, I think he's and he's definitely on the fringe of, of, of best in the you know best squad. Like if Hollands or Akers give them a rest eventually. were hurt or take a rest, Lockie's probably next in. So, yeah. Yeah. He delivered a nice kick. He was out on the wing of the same one, I think, as the infamous – Dash from the week prior. <laughs> I think you whispered, hell, I've not even whispered, said to me, run, lucky. Um, but, no, he actually delivered a nice ball, kicked it in, and uh, I think did that end with the always goal? Is that the – I don't know. I remember the play. I, I remember the start of the play because we were joking about him running with it, but I can't remember yeah. what actually happened. 
It wasn't so bad. Um, Alice Maycole says, nice to hear from, I always love the, the female baggers out there too. Nice to hear from you, Alice. Um, great to see Pitto and Durden back in the side. I'm not sure if Gov makes the cut for me. What do you think? Oh, no, I'm big on Gov. I think if, if Gov can yeah. sharpen those skills and, and stay fit, I think he's a, a point of difference in our back line. He do, he's, uh, he's more risk-taking with his – what are you doing? I'm getting up our Twitter questions. Oh, sorry. Is that <laughs> this tapping to... going on? <laughs> You're trying to hurry sorry. me up. <laughs> no. Thank you for exposing my sly uh, <laughs> playing with my phone to get the Twitter questions. I'll carry on. <laughs> uh, I just think Gov was a point of difference. I think he's, he's marking and he's, uh, his ball use is something that we just don't have with other players. Yeah, I, I do agree. All right, turning to the Twitter questions, which I very subtly retrieved while Matt was answering that one. <laughs> uh, John Gauchi says, and we're at the Blue Pod on Twitter. Give us a follow. Ollie Hollins put his body on the line in the last quarter, didn't flinch, and next minute is up on the wing contesting. This kid has a bright future. I think we agree, don't we? Yeah, he's, he's made a, a great start to his career. You couldn't ask for too much more from a, a young, skinny winger uh, thrust into the you know some two huge games to start his career. Uh, yeah, he started brightly. Loved seeing him and Cowan getting the Gatorade shower and singing the song. Brings a tear to the eye. Those moments, love it. Yeah. Um, Tim W says, just want to give a massive shout out to Blake Akers. He went from my whipping boy last week to best on ground tonight. So happy for him. Only one game, but the combo of TDK and Pitto tonight was enormous. Yeah, I think we're on the same page as Tim. Uh, I don't know if I was quite we giving... Nah, Tim's, a, Tim's yeah. a consistent contributor and we love what he brings to the pod, Tim. Maybe it was just because it was Aker's first game and I was being a bit soft on him, but I didn't have him quite as a whipping boy, but uh, he definitely showed us uh, what he can do this week. Yeah, absolutely. And Jay Peterman agrees with Tim saying, I thought he was best on ground, massive game. So lots of love for Aker's out there. Um, I should say Tim got some heat from another person on Twitter that obviously doesn't listen to the blue pod and needs to get on it saying, why is you calling this guy your whipping boy about acres? <laughs> Tim say, you need to listen to the pod. So <laughs> we need to get that person on the pod. Poor Tim. <laughs> um, Candor says that was one we had to win. And to be honest, it was fitting that we had to grind it out and run the last few minutes under the most intense pressure against the reigning premiers. Finally, the cat's out of the bag. That was one of the most exciting games I've been to in recent years. Don't we agree with that? I hope that gives the boys a lot of belief in what they're doing. It's it's amazing. Yeah. It's sometimes it's one thing to go out there and do the right things, but I think to get the result just really reinforces uh, what you are doing is working. And I think that was that was important, yeah. especially with some of the outside noise from the media towards the end of last season and the start of this season. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of noise, the noise on the siren at the G, there's no supporters like Blue Baggers. I really don't think there is. It was just going off. It was such a magical game to be at. So couldn't agree more. One of the best in recent years. Um, Ado says, is it just me or do we seem like a different team with Pittenet playing? That's not a knock on TDK, but it's almost like Pitto is the vital link to our midfield's success. Great pod, guys. Thanks, Ado. <laughs> he definitely offer, offers a point of difference, Pitto, doesn't he? He... He's uh, smart with his positioning at the bounce and around the contests and uh, the way he dropped behind the, the ball and took a few big marks I thought was um, was really good. Yeah, it's I, yeah. Like, I liked I I was against, I think most of the season last season we were anti-two rucks, but for some reason, maybe it's just because it's the flavour of the, the month in the AFL, but it definitely looked, uh, looked good on us this round. Yeah, it did. And we can't forget the Pittos coming off an injury and still, you know, contributed and was looking pretty good considering – he hasn't had as much of a run at it as um, TDK. 
Dom in the Den. I was concerned our small Fords and Rucks were, go- um, were going to be a gap this year. Durden made all the difference. He lifted always a Motlops. Totally agree. Pitto worked beautifully with TDK. With a fully fit team, where are our key deficiencies? Because I'm struggling to find them. That's an interesting <laughs> question. <laughs> Very optimistic question. <laughs> there are none. No, well, it's, it's, it's funny because you hear all these teams whinge about injuries and uh, you know, oh, you know, it's okay because we're missing a few key players, but we've been missing players for for years, and uh, I think yeah. we've got a decent list. And uh, if they're all healthy and on the park, it, it's solid all over the ground. It's been built well. We've got good key position players. We've got a good midfield. Our backline's looking good, especially with the addition of Young, which was a smart acquisition. I think everyone thought he was going to be that good. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Voss even said in the preseason in the presser that hope, he hopes Young is an offender, but he's even taken them by surprise with how well he's come along. Yeah, I, I, I think in general, I, small forwards for a, a long time has been somewhere we've been yeah. lacking. and uh, Wings until this season? Yeah, yeah, wings was definitely one of the big holes, but we just keep addressing. And that's the great thing about having a pretty solid list. We uh, are able to address needs-based players in the drafts, and I think we've been doing that for a couple of years and managed to plug a lot of those holes. Yeah. If I had to answer where our deficiencies are, though, I still feel a bit nervous about the small forts. Like you said, I just don't know if that group we've got make a lot of sense, but it is working right now. No, I, we don't have a – not yet anyway. None of them have stepped up into that top-tier small forward category. Like when you watch a you know a real – like a Charlie Cameron or someone who's just yeah. always – even a Shea Bolton from uh, Richmond, like someone you're just always nervous Calling about. small forwards always give us grief. Yeah, Jamie Elliott always seems to kick a bag in. So that's sort of one where you're always nervous the ball goes near him. I don't think opposition supporters are ever too nervous when our guys go near it. It would be nice to have that. Uh, but look, yeah. they're coming along though. They're coming along. I agree. And we're finishing with a tweet from a person whose username is I Have a Dream. I Have a Dream also, and it involves Patrick Cripps holding a cup up at the end of the year. <laughs> also Alpha and Sirius, I don't know. But great to see the team sticking to a game plan the last two weeks is the comment from... I have dream. <laughs> they're definitely executing what they're told to play because there was distinct differences between rounds one and two. So yeah. the, they're drinking the Kool-Aid down there at Carlton, aren't they, the players? that they're, they're believing what they're getting told. Exactly. I think um, we should mention Bossy. We don't really touch on him as a person in the coach's box, more broadly the strategy, but I think he's really – the boys seem really behind him. Seems like the kind of coach they respect and like to play under – Seems to have good relationships, but also, um, I guess, because of his playing career, respect him as a player, and he's he's doing good things. I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. Enjoy his presses as well. I think he speaks well. He does. He's he's an interesting one because he's not really reinventing the wheel. Like you look at what they're doing at Collingwood with their attack, and Alistair Clarkson's had a great start with North. Uh, like you know, there's a lot of yeah. God, hasn't he? Yeah, there's you see a lot of these coaches really put their stamp on a on a group, and and Voss has definitely had an impact, but doesn't feel like he's revolutionized what we're doing. He's just sort of refined it. And yeah. Uh, you know, so therefore I don't think he's maybe getting the, the, the praise that some of these Applauded, other guys, yeah. yeah, but you know, Hey, look, winning's winning, isn't it? Absolutely. And let's hope we do more of it this week when we play the giants. Um, thanks for bearing with us this week with the late release of the pod for a number of reasons that we won't bore you with. We're a bit late to it, but we hope you've enjoyed it and it was worth the wait. Cause, uh, We've enjoyed recapping that. It was a it was a pretty exciting game. So hopefully there's more win recaps in our future. Hey, Maddie. Oh, all win recaps from here, surely. 
<laughs> I, lo- I love it. I heard um, when I was watching this replay today, apparently some Carlton supporter was in the stands counting down the days to the grand final. So <laughs> the optimism is rife amongst the, the blue believers. Um, if you've enjoyed the pod, please hit subscribe wherever you're listening to us and then we'll pop up in your feed whenever you open your podcast app. And give us a follow on the socials and get involved in the conversation next week, the Blue Pod on Twitter and the Pod on Instagram. Matty, I think that's a wrap for this week. It is. Hopefully we're here talking about another big win next week. Let's hope so. Win a game we should win. That's what that's what good teams need to do. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you next week, Blue Crew.